Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today is part three of my interviews with my friends Mike Howard and Randy Weir. We've been together since 1971, except that Mike wandered away. He went through a tough marriage. Uh, a lot of it was his fault. He's going to tell you that. Uh, he's been in Iraq. Uh, he's been uh, shot at as a police officer. Uh, he's been a ski instructor te teaching people to go downhill really fast because he's a racing instructor. And he wandered away from Jesus, but he came back. And when he tells you the story, uh, there's some implications for the way you and I run our church. And then we just kind of wind it up with Randy just, you know, this is what we got then. And this is what we got to be giving now. I think you're going to really like this one. Mike, uh, take us through, you know, your experiences. I remember, uh, I mean, you were, you were hot to trot all the time. I, I remember surfing with you and I was always in awe of the way that you could catch waves and I couldn't and, and, but, you know, sharing the Lord with people, your experience with your, your friend Rick and uh, that just turned into a trailhead of thousands of people coming to the Lord because of you discipling Rick, whose disciples, Robert, it just goes Robert. on and on and, uh, and all that. But I, I remember um, you bringing your girlfriend around and it's like, oh, this, this girl's really good. She's really right for him. And then I did your wedding. And, and at that point, it's like, uh oh, I got, I became alarmed because I saw family influences and I thought, oh, geez, Mike's headed for a divorce. And I, and I, I went home driving home on your wedding day thinking this. And I know it ended up there because of interference from the outside. Um, and then you went through some hard times and, and, and now you're back and, and now you're accelerating again. And just talk, talk us through that. I don't know how long after we went down into Orange County, uh, attending church down there after we'd gotten married, closer to her family, which didn't work out well. You know, and I'll take at least my share of the responsibility uh, there are just a lot of things. I think the first and foremost is for any pastors that might be listening to this, you know, watch those guys that are starting to, you know, step away from fellowship because they're the ones headed for a, a big fall. And it didn't happen overnight. I didn't turn around and walk away from the Lord. It happened little by little, day by day, month by month, year by year. And mm -hmm. I just got a little farther away. And even in that, though, I got to tell you, you know, I, I, there were things in my life that happened that I knew God's hand was on me, but I still didn't turn around. I think the most dramatic one was uh, I'd been in law enforcement for about 11 years, and I was working on an undercover team, and uh, we were involved in a shooting. The shooter was right next to me, and I'll just make the story short with uh, one of our officers was shot, but he, he recovered all these undercover cops with a uniform cop that, that and we start to talk with this guy. People ran from us all the time. So we thought, I thought this guy was going to run. He pulled out a gun and started shooting. The thing the investigator said is, we have no idea how you didn't get shot. Nobody saw you. Nobody knows where you were. And, and I can tell you from the moment that first shot went off, that's what I remember until I was about 30 feet away, turning around to re-engage. And the only thing I can tell you, I was literally translated because by all accounts, I should have been shot point blank. There's no way I should have survived that. And even then, that didn't get my attention. That became a major sticking point between my ex-wife and I. Wasn't even concerned in the least bit about 
my partner that was in ICU fighting for his life, but was more concerned about the guy that got killed. That really drove a wedge. Many years later, we ended up getting divorced. I ended up meeting this other, this other girl and we got married. Or I, I moved uh, with my son up to Big Bear Lake. My son actually proposed to her for me. Things went along well for about a year. Uh, then I uh, uh, had a, an accident skiing, shattered my uh, left leg. It was a, a very serious injury. Uh, they said I wouldn't, probably wouldn't ski again. And God brought me through that. The outshot of it was a lot of things happened. I lost my job in the industry. I was a manager and kind of went back to that guy because I now I was away from church. I was away from everybody. I mean, you guys and everybody I knew uh, with the exception of my, my new wife and my son. And uh, they, they took a lot of brunt of my anger, uh, just verbally lost my relationship with my son. That pretty much devastated me. But then the, the picked me up and, the, and the, fortunately this didn't keep because then I got involved in the insurance industry. And uh, Hurricane Katrina, uh, after I'd been out once with the insurance industry, there was incredible money made behind that. And the thought was we would make that kind of money every year. And it was well into the six figures. So we started buying things, houses and such. And, and then 2008 rolls along and everything crashes, including my job. Now we're in North Idaho, no money other than what's in savings. And there, we had a bit in savings, but we have four mortgages and paying cash on a house in Costa Rica, and there's no work. At that point, that finally hit the lowest point. I mean, I, I was looking at losing everything. I'd lost relationship with my kids. Couldn't believe my wife, who was not saved, was still hanging in. And I said, I need to go back. To, I, I need to go back to what I know. I need to go back, turn, return to the Lord, and that looked like going to one of the churches that was pretty much one of your contemporaries, Ralph, and uh, there, and it was an awesome church. And uh, that, that started my journey back. But just because I was on my journey back, I love what my pastor up there used to say. Pastor Bob used to say, you can pick your sin, but you don't get to pick the consequences. Yeah. And the consequences of that was we lost nearly everything. Even though I then I took a contract in Iraq with a state department, I was assigned to uh, different military units. Uh, even though I was making incredible money, we couldn't make enough money to, to keep up with the bills on all those mortgages. And we were just bleeding money and trying to get rid of the houses. Uh, Iraq was, uh, it was a good, it was good. You know, I got kind of a little more back involved while I was there. A lot of guys were Christians that I was working with over there in Iraq. Uh, I think that the truly amazing thing for me is as I as I walked out there because I was actually in the field uh, I was not just on what they call a forward operating base we were on foot patrol and all of a sudden they were in this big this, this area where there were a bunch of Iraqis and all of a sudden they all started going inside cars were backing up and getting out of the area I mean it just profiled like we are going to get hit and uh, I mean, it came over the radio, you know, to disperse farther. I mean, we walked in big dispersions. So maybe only one guy would get injured if we got attacked. And I just started praying, Lord, save my team. <laughs> and he did. We didn't get hit. So uh, it was truly, <clears throat> truly humbling, not just <clears throat> to see that, but to walk in the, <clears throat> the Middle East where... <laughs> Abraham walked, arguably, and some of the patriarchs. Uh, 
And a lot of things, you know, things that I saw, I mean, they probably weren't a lot different other than they, a lot of everybody had cell phones than in the biblical times. I mean, a lot of stuff was still done very similar other than like you got cars and cell phones now, but some stuff was real similar. Still a lot of uh, uh, farming uh, shepherds, you know, that, uh, that was truly uh, a humbling experience for me to be able to be there uh, with and work with those young guys. Uh, and, you know, I, I got to share, uh, I planted seeds, maybe I watered. Uh, I didn't see anybody necessarily come to the Lord right then, but, uh, you know, I made some good, I mean, let me put it this way. If you know anything about the Marines, either they love you or they hate. <laughs> and the last guy that left that unit uh, from our team, they hated because prior to that, uh, they, their convoy gotten hit. One of their kids got blown up, lost his feet and he refused to go back out. And I just went, send me. So I went, I went out with these guys and after they got hit that day, uh, the uh, gunny sergeant uh, came. I said, I can't order you to go with us because you technically don't work for me. I said, yeah, but you can't stop me either. <laughs> so we went out and did the same route that they had just done. And just, you know, uh, so I made uh, with these young kids, I mean, the gunny was just barely 30 and everybody else was like in their early 20s. Uh, when, I, when they left, when their unit left, they took an American flag and every one of them signed, put a message on it, signed it to me. I still have that thing. So, uh, you know, it's that relational. So hopefully somewhere along the line, those guys that are saved didn't get saved, did get saved. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so that's kind of, you know, that whole genre of uh, law enforcement, then Iraq. And then uh, I actually was in uh, Africa with a, with a company for a while. That was low profile. It was research. Uh, but made some friends that I'm still in touch with there and have uh, had a chance to uh, share with some of these people. Again, I haven't seen anybody come to the Lord, but uh, planted seeds and watered. Uh, so those, you know, my experiences with those different things, I've been, I don't know, you know how I've ended up in some of these places. I, I've been truly uh, blessed to be able to do some of the different things I've done secular but you know i've always had that nagging ever since i returned because i i look at this guy over here randy you know and i see him faithful to the lord all those years and i go you know i blew it you know and i know it and uh and i know i'm forgiven i know there's grace but where do i go from here what i find myself very often is with with young guys with yeah, you, yeah. younger kids because i don't like old people they're grouchy mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh and i uh, worked at a had worked at a ski shop also uh, a couple of years ago and i was working because my wife was still in medical school and it was in between some insurance work for me and i had an impact on these guys because i was working three jobs i uh, was a race coach at one resort i was a ski instructor at another and nights i'd come in and i'd be working on skis the life i was living as a christian uh was at least doing something and you know again planting seeds but i find myself most comfortable with younger people for the most part uh, as a race coach i got i got 10 and 12 uh, 10 and 11 year olds and sometimes a little older my job is to teach them how to go fast on skis and be safe and yeah by the end of the year some of those 11 year olds are faster than you <laughs>
but I, I get to hang out with these kids and it's been kind of challenging. If you got a guy that's starting to fall away and you think he's, you know, I mean, he, you think he's really, I mean, he's saved and, you know, try to salvage him, you know, try, try to, to draw him back in. I know for, you know, some of those pastors out there that are bivocational or even full-time that that's kind of a hard thing or delegate it, get somebody to get next to that brother or that sister and draw them back in. Don't let them go, go through all the things I went through and all the, the love and acceptance I've had from all the people that I've known over my lifetime at Hope Chapel and uh, some of the other fellowships I've been involved with. Randy and Ralph, my relationship with you guys is what really, what I remembered to draw me back. You know, that community is what brought, brought me back. It wasn't all my education. I went to two Bible colleges. It wasn't the education that drew me back. Now there was, you know, one of them, you know, both of them were good and one of them had more community than the other. Uh, but the community I experienced was in the small fellowships at Hope uh, with my friends. That's what the draw was. That's what the overwhelming draw was to draw me back. And that's what the draw is for people in general. They want to be part of a group. They want to be part of people. So we gravitate towards the skate park, uh, surfing, skiing, snowboarding, uh, bike riding, what, whatever it is. I mean, that's only a few. Of all the things, hanging out at a mechanic shop, uh, of all those things we can do, uh, and that's why I'm 100% on board with this uh, bivocational and microchurch that it's, especially what I, what I perceive is what we're, we're headed to. I think we all are kind of perceiving the same, unless God creates another revival like we experienced, which would be awesome. Uh, yeah. We're headed to some hard times as the church. Uh, we're already losing, at least here in the U.S. And uh, I think we need to be looking at building relationships into the future uh, with the people we're around, not just gripping and grinning on Sunday morning. That's good. That's really good. I like that way you said, not just gripping and grinning on Sunday morning, because that's that's what we call fellowship. Turn around, shake hands, yeah. and sit down. Yeah. So, Randy, um, kind of land the plane for us and take some time. And um, just, you know, what are the lessons from what we all experienced in the 70s? You know, they called it a, a, the Jesus People Movement, the revival, all, all those terms. To us, it was just life. But what, what are some of the lessons that you think that you could say, well, this is, this is what we learned then that, that is active in my life now. And, and this is what I'd say to guys that are, particularly guys that are starting churches, guys that are leading small churches, guys that are frustrated. You know, what, what would you say to them? What are, the, what, are the, what are the things the Spirit did then that you think he could do now? In a, in a divided, politically divided, spiritually divided, racially divided America. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it is divided. <laughs> it's unfortunate that it's that way, you know. Um, you know, one thing we did have then, and it, we had like that urgency to, to make friends, have fellowship, and to make disciples and stuff. I mean, Dwayne Peterson one time, I don't know if Howie was with us, but I was just thinking about this. We're sitting in his office and we're getting ready. We're picking up the Hollywood free papers because we'd go up and get them. And all of a sudden he goes, I think Jesus is coming back before the end of the year. And I just went, I just looked 
and I was going, wow, we better get moving on this, you know. Uh, but we were on the go, you know, we were on the move, you know, you, for some of these guys, you can't just sit there, you know, listen to what the Lord's trying to say to you. I always tell people, he's always speaking. We just don't hear all the time. You know, he wants you investing in people's lives. He wants you uh, trusting people, you know, like Dave Ferguson says, I see in you, you know, uh, there's great potential for those guys that are around them, you know, don't be afraid to, to just let them go and just do it. So they mess up, you know, who cares about that? You know what I'm saying? That's what we learned at Hope Chapel, Ralph. You trusted us. You sent mm -hmm. us out, you know, and just said, go do it. You know, uh, it, sometimes we made a mess through all of that and stuff. But you know, we really trusted God that he would mm -hmm. do something if we just step out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, how he told that story about going up there, you know, man, there's other ones, dude, where God just showed up. Yeah. We we believed in prayer. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we prayed, you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not saying go start having prayer meetings and all that kind of stuff. Ah, if you want to do it, go do it. But I mean, I think guys that are pastor in churches, they need to be in that, 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 that prayerful mind. Paul says, pray unceasingly, you know what I mean? Uh, well, how do you do it? Well, you're always talking with the Lord. You know, you're always communicating with them wherever you, wherever you're walking. You know what I'm saying? My brain is always going and stuff and I'm trying to, uh, you know, uh, you know, work with Dustin and saying, just listen to what the Lord's saying. Let's take a chance. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> man, there's so much to do out there. There's so many people that, that need to just experience God's love. You, you know what I mean? Just be faithful, trust people. My, my wife and I, I don't even know where we found, I, I think I picked this up from a, a, a leadership book one time uh, and it was talking about, and, and we live by this, you know, look for people who are fat that are F, faithful, available and teachable. And sometimes you can do fatsos. So uh, faithful, available, teachable, spiritual. In other words, they've got that relationship with God. And, and, and they're somewhat outgoing with sharing the gospel with people. Uh, we, there's a lot of faithful people. There's a lot of available teach people. But sometimes there's not teachable people. Yeah. And, you know, Ralph, I know you, Pastor, in all those years, you know, you see people like that. And they, I tell you what, they can't be used. I mean, they, they refuse to just listen to what the Lord's saying or maybe listen to us as a pastor in their life and stuff. And it's just those aren't the people that you need, you know, to, to invest in. And, and for the pastors that are out there, you know, uh, I think it's important for you to, to teach those very teachable people that God places in your life. And they're out there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, don't be afraid of, of somebody else's giftedness. You know what I mean? There's people better than, than us, whoever we are as a pastor. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And uh, <laughs> got to release them. It, it, you know, how do we win? We win by discipling people and seeing them go out and share their faith with people that they have relationship. How are you talking about relationship? It's all about relationship, yep. you know? Uh, build relationships. That's a great thing about bivocational pastors. They're still out in the world. That's right. You know, That's right. Live the life, you know, you, you, you've got that edge and stuff like that. 
uh, you know, it's it's just how they are. You know, I mean, you watch a movie nowadays, and boy, they use the F word like it's going out of style, and it's like shocking, you know, to people who are Christians. And I go, well, that's how the world is. You know what I mean? I was in construction. Oh my gosh, you know. But uh, you know, and just gosh, man, take a chance. God's got so much more for every one of us. Oh man, we're not done. Mike likes hanging out with the young guys. I like hanging out with the young guys. You know, we had the other church that we were a part of before we helped start this one is there was a lot of old people, you know, and they had like the senior group and stuff, you know, <laughs> and they go, do you want to come? And I said, I'm no. not going there. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I want to hang out with these young guys, you know, and, and listen, you know, it, it, they, it, I think I shared this when we were talking last time some of those young people really want to hear some good wisdom, you know, and they want somebody coming alongside them. Grandpa, what, who cares if they call you grandpa or whatever, you know, that that's just there and support them and believe in them and trust in them. And, oh man, there's a lot of good people that are out there around all these pastors. They just don't see it. They just don't see those people there. Start praying say, God, show me. Show me who I can invest my life in, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. Hey, how's that sound? <laughs> well, that sounds really good to me. It, it, it leaves me, you know, I, I'm still the old man to you guys. And uh, yeah. so you're my disciples. And <laughs> I want to, I want to, I, I hear uh, through all this conversation that we've had, this thread because randy we've talked about the church you guys were in that dustin was in before you launched this church and it might yeah. you know you you you'll constantly refer to it there's these pastors that are obstacles and they yeah. don't know they're obstacles they, they, they think they're being faithful they're doing the best they can but when it really comes to you get outside of what they're doing and outside the little circle of what they call church uh you're frustrated you know, I, I, I went to uh, I went to an organization of 4,500 people. They had a thousand gathered on Friday nights and they had the rest on Sunday mornings. And I would walk. I always I, I'm kind of an outsider. I, you know, I, I'm a little bit of an introvert. So I'd park off off campus as I'm walking onto the property. Somebody is there to greet me and shake my hand and go, welcome to such and such church. And then I'd get into the parking space and there was another person that grabbed my hand, say the same thing, you know, grab and grin. And then I, I go to the, to the courtyard where if I was the pastor, we'd be serving a lot of food to keep people talking, hanging out. And there's just people there to shake my hand again. And then when I get in the door of the thing, they hand me a bulletin and they always say the same thing. Welcome to such and such church. That's all they say. And so this is like right after I moved away from Hawaii. And so we're big fellowship church. We do like tons of food to just, you know, keep people hanging out. We're big on micro communities. We're doing all these things. And, um, and so I'm mad. These people don't like me. I don't like them. And then I'm guilty. It's like, Ralph, you're a crab. You know, you're, you're, you're just critical because you've been a pastor forever. Shut up. And so I do that to myself for like seven weeks but about the third weekend i begin to notice they're not talking to each other it's not just me they don't talk oh, yeah. to each other and they don't right. talk to each other on the way out as soon as the thing's over 
they blast it to, to the parking lot, they're gone. And so now I'm not quite so mad at them. And then as time goes on, the seventh week that I was there, the pastor gets up and brags that he's only talking to people who have decided that they need something spiritual in their life and they're pursuing Jesus. <clears throat> Every time I preach, that's what I'm who I'm preaching to. And he goes, I can prove it. If you've been in this church for less than five years, raise your hand. Everybody there raised their hand, including me. So in other words, if you're here for more than five years, you can't stand it anymore because you're not getting anything that equips you to do anything. It's just a mm -hmm. bunch of spectators. I won't call that a church. And it was mm -hmm. just, and so I think that, the, that a lot of pastors are caught up in this little world. It's been defined by the books we've read and all that. And we've forgotten Acts chapter two, where mm -hmm. they were hanging out, doing hangout things. And they had favor with the neighbors. And so if I, I have any admonition for you two guys, it's bypass all that garbage. And just you go out and do what you know how to do, what you were doing when you were 20 years old, and go out and do that again. And, and if, for, if yeah. maybe, uh, you know, that, that means that you find some <clears throat> pocket of people when you're surfing, and that, they're, that what you do, you, you're part of Dustin and the church, but you pastor these people in the water. If, if Mike, that means that you're hanging out at skateboard park every Saturday until, until there starts to be something that's centered on the word, because we're not going to call it church if it's not centered on the word yeah. and fellowship <clears throat> and mission, some kind of mission where, where, where they're getting what you guys got so many years ago is, is go and do this. And um, this is good. I just want to say thank you for taking time to do this. And oh yeah, really good. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking time to listen to this. we got some really great podcasts coming up in the very, very near future. I think you're going to be really, really blessed by Alex Absalom, Larry Acosta, Neil Cole. i got some great friends that want to share some really good stuff with you.